Hey everyone, welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. We will be covering all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, instruction, and everything else in between. I am your host, Dr. Russ Manalastis. I am a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach based out of Rochester, New York. Our goal with this podcast is to help you play your best golf yet while doing so without limitations. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Russ. Today, we are joined by Kevin Deshaun. Kevin is a doctor in physical therapy. He also owns a concierge-based physical therapy practice that covers the Manhattan and northern New Jersey area. Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Russ. I'm happy to be on. So, Kevin, we call the Golf DPT. Uh, That's what you can find him on Instagram. But, Kevin, maybe you can kind of shed a little bit of light of maybe just your background story, where you went to school, maybe some of the jobs that you kind of were in prior to maybe opening up your own practice and, and forming the golf DPT, which is your practice name. Yeah. So I've been practicing now for coming up on six years. Uh, I went to the university of Scranton in Pennsylvania, home of the office. <laughs> that's like, right. That's true. That's the first thing everybody asks, you know, did you see some <laughs> film? <laughs> so uh, seven long years in Scranton. That's, uh, it was fun. <laughs> so it was uh, a four and three program. Yep. So four years undergrad where I studied biology uh, and then three years for PT school. Okay. So I graduated there, was always drawn to sports medicine, to anything with athletes, really. I grew up playing hockey and golf, more hockey. Yeah. And I started playing golf when I was younger, but never really took to it till about fifth grade, maybe. Okay. And so then it really became hockey in the winter, golf in the summer. Nice. And kind of just alternating between those two. And uh, so just kind of trucked through PT school with putting a lot of emphasis in my studies on orthopedics, therapeutic exercise, all that stuff. Yep. The stuff I thought was a lot cooler than the cardiopulmonary. And <laughs> right. <laughs> that stuff kind of put me to sleep. But, right. you know, you, you, you fight through and, and get through it. But sure. it all kind of started really. So after, at the end, we had to do a systematic review. Um, it was mandatory for our, our curriculum. Okay. And then we had to submit it to the APTA, which is the American Physical Therapy Association, for their combined sections meeting, which is the big conference that they put on, like PTs from all over. Yeah. And we unfortunately did a cardiopulmonary topic. <laughs> 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 Everybody wanted to do orthopedics. And the head of our department was like the cardiopulm. And he got really like, you could tell he got really upset that no sure. one wanted to do cardiopulm. So I <laughs> sympathy we did that. <laughs> anyway, we got accepted and really the, the whole golf part of everything for me starts as all good stories do in Vegas. Um, <laughs> so that's where 2014, that's where they had it. And I was going to the, the different uh, meetings they had and I yep. saw golf through the life cycle. And I sat in on the, the, the lecture. I really liked it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can do physical therapy and golf because long story short, hockey, I played hockey in college. Wasn't the best experience. Kind of sure. wish I'd done something different. So I was kind of burned from hockey and was like, well, how about golf now? Yeah. So I had this epiphany. It was great. Right. So I graduated and the second class for continuing that I went to was a TPI class, Tyler's Performance Institute. Nice. And in the meantime, I was working at an outpatient orthopedic uh, setting, seeing, uh, it was pretty good, but 
it was the population wasn't quite what I wanted. It was um, more of your your general population, not not very common to get a lot of athletes. Yep. Nonetheless, it just gave me hours, reps. It gave me the ability to see different diagnoses, see how things present, how people present, and get practice with that. Yeah. And slowly, I started to dive down the rabbit hole of Titleist Performance Institute. I did their fitness class level two. I did their medical level two. I went out to Cal- uh, California for their level three fitness class. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah. Anyone out there, you got to go check it out. It's an awesome facility. But in the meantime, I'd been trying to develop a golf rehab program and even performance because I'd always been interested in it, performance side as well. And they just didn't get it. The the clinic I was at, it's like, no, 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 no. Insurance doesn't cover yeah, yeah. you playing sports. They don't care. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it, it, no matter how much I would say a, a golfer with low back pain well, they might have low back pain when they play golf, but chances are they have low back pain when they do other things. No question. Right? So just because it hurts when you swing doesn't mean it might not hurt when you bend over to tie your shoes. That's still necessary. Just we're going to skew the focus a little bit. Yep. We're still going to try to get them to be able to do their functional things that are required for insurance to cover physical therapy, but we're going to add a little bit of golf stuff. So I was dating my... My girlfriend at the time, now fiance, she was in Manhattan. I was in Connecticut. After two years of that, we said, let's move in together. So I left that job, went to a large outpatient clinic, where again, tried to now develop it more in a northern New Jersey, Manhattan area. And they didn't really understand it. They kept giving, they kept yesing me and be like, yeah, 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 like, great, do this. But there was no help. There was no, uh, not assistance, but like, you know, I'm a, I'm a new PT trying to figure everything yeah. out. Yeah. And they've got these people who, they've got this massive marketing budget. No one would give me the time of day because, again, they didn't see the value right? what I was doing. And, and that's kind of the issue I had with the insurance-based PT practices. Sure. And so slowly through various areas, my, I get my was, was side business, side hustle, yeah. pretty busy. And uh, about a year ago, I took the full plunge and was like, you know what? It's never going to grow if I don't put time and energy into it. So it's now developed into a, a full business. So cash-based, uh, I'm a non-participating provider, meaning that I'm not in network. I don't have a contract with them. My contract is rather with the patient. Yep. Um, and so kind of on a concierge level where I go to see the patient at their house or they can come to me but that was kind of the way I developed it with minimal overhead so it, I kind of fell into it and it, it because it started with uh, people from Manhattan believe it or not do not want to leave Manhattan <laughs> go to New Jersey sure <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I live in Jersey City no one would come to see me but they're like hey can you come to my gym in, in my building I'm like yeah sure why not and so it just took off yeah, that's great, man. Good for you. I mean, I think taking the plunge can be scary, especially when you've got maybe some consistency with the paycheck and obviously maybe health benefits or whatever it may be when you're talking about the traditional PT model. <clears throat> but again, like you mentioned, the goal for you was to try and develop, I think, a service that tailored to the needs of golfers. And the fact that people weren't really listening to what you were talking about, I think 
is the frustration that we see in our profession, especially when everything is based on just the insurance and what the insurance company provides or covers or whatever it may be. And like you said, golf, okay, they have low back pain, but it has to be specific to their functional limitations and not because they want to play golf. I guarantee right. the majority of people that we're talking about that come into the PT clinic play golf, right? And if we're not addressing that and that's something that they love to do, then why aren't we helping them get back to that? You know, and I think that's the trouble. Yeah. And a lot of it's just being creative, like not lying by any means, but yeah. like I said, if let's use a shoulder now, like if, if you have shoulder pain and you're a golfer, well, that's probably going to affect your daily life. Whether you can't, one thing we use a lot in the PT world is like reach behind you to buckle a seatbelt or yeah. reach up to put a plate away. You know, they probably struggle with some functional activity, yeah. which is where the current in, uh, in network clinics just couldn't fathom or they just didn't care. I think it might've been more resistant to change. You like know, it's, you know. it's, it's not the easiest to get into, but it's what I wanted to do. And I just put my focus in it and it's, it's been great since. And I, and I think you mentioned that, you know, again, the, the term value, right? If people value maybe the, the service that you're providing, even if it's maybe not directly covered by insurance or whatever it may be, then I think they'll ultimately end up seeing you, right? Like, hey, listen, if my goal is to get back and play golf and play golf at a high level while reducing the likelihood of getting hurt, that's why we started this podcast, right? Yeah. Then, then I think people will gravitate towards someone that is a little bit more specialized in golf related issues. Right. And I think that's why you're seeing success, especially in a concierge model. Right. I think the fact that you're traveling to different people where it's more convenient for them, it's, it's a great model. And like you said, it's, it's very, very low overhead where you're just, you know, you're looking to see how best you can capture these people and help them in an environment they feel comfortable being in, but also right. at some point in time progressing through, Hey, what are some things that you're seeing in your golf swing or physically in your golf game that is causing issue. And what can we do to work on that? You know, the other great thing about working with people at their home is okay. In a clinic, almost every clinic has a leg press machine. Well, how many people at home have a leg press right. machine? Right. So it's like, okay. Are you doing the exercises you're doing at the clinic? No, because you don't have half of the equipment. Right. So by going to someone's house uh, using their gym or whatever equipment they might have, you're making it as functional for them as possible. And you really have to think on your feet. You know, the, one of the things that you do struggle with is loading people, Sure, putting people under sufficient load, whether you're teaching a deadlift, a squat, something like that, but you just have to get creative. Yeah. Uh, but it's very functional. It's very, it's great to be able to just see what they have and say, okay, well, instead of doing this, we'll, we'll tweak it and, and do that. And I think people yeah. see the, the, I mean, I think they appreciate the idea that, you are customizing it specifically for them, right? Yeah. The fact that you're coming to their house, you're seeing what they have available to them and utilizing whatever they have available to be able to adequately, like you talked about, stress or load the body so that that tissue can adapt and ultimately become healthier. Exactly. And they do see the value. And that's really important is to give, um, as we spoke about earlier, is value because you know, how often does an outpatient therapist in an in-network setting give out their cell phone number? And all of my patients have my cell phones. And I say, hey, if you have a question about an exercise, videotape yourself doing it, send me a text, send, call me, email me, whatever is easiest for you. But I'm here for you. And, you know, this is, this is all for you. So, you know, like, 
I'd rather you call me and email me and reach out than do the exercise wrong and put us back a, a week or so. Right. Right. Yeah. I think having that ability or the availability of being able to reach out to you at any point in time, again, it just helps people. I guess it gives people better perspective and gives people better confidence to know that you are there and in their corner for whatever they've got going on. Exactly. So let's do this. You know, again, obviously us both being physical therapists in the golf space, we, we definitely share a lot of passion with keeping golfers healthy, you know, maybe outside of low back pain, because obviously we see a lot of low back pain with regards to golfers. Outside of low back pain, I mean, what is maybe something you see from an injury standpoint that you normally maybe go to clients' houses or, or apartments, whatever it may be, and you obviously are you're, you're trying to figure out how to address that? So if you do a lot of studying, you'll see that the lead shoulder gets a lot of abuse. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. And especially um, for me, I'm contracting at an indoor facility. So they're hitting, my, my players are hitting on turf. And there's not as much give, right? It's almost like you're hitting to an impact bag. So you get a lot of jarring yep. causes either labral tear, not tears, but injuries to the labrum, maybe some, some swelling there, some rotator cuff injuries. However, in practice, what I've seen is a lot of trail shoulder instability, whether rotator cuff, and this isn't directly related to golf like this. It's not like, oh, I was swinging and I hurt my trail shoulder. Yeah. Right. So if you're a right-handed golfer, that would be your right shoulder. Yeah. Um, but I do, for some reason, I've seen a lot of trail shoulder injuries, but that does cause um, typically that out to in swing path and they can't really set the club into the slot to shallow it out. Sure. So I, I work a lot with that, a lot of neck pain, but that also might be because of, I've seen a lot of people in finance, a lot of lawyers, a lot of people who are sitting at a desk for a while and yep. stressed. So, you know, all of a sudden by the end of the day, their shoulders start creeping up towards their ears. Yep. And so now you've got, you know, you've got the overactive upper traps, levator scaps, all that stuff. And, yeah. and that throws off the mechanics of everything. Yeah. So are you noticing that, that trail shoulder, are you noticing more issues on the backswing? Are you noticing it more on the downswing or at impact? Where, where are you noticing that, Kevin? I see a lot of it at uh, transitioning going down. So just because they're trying to get back into that fully externally rotated position and then yeah. more as they come down, that's where they're struggling with it. Again, if you were to look at the literature and stuff, it wouldn't show up anywhere. Right, right. Which is what shocked me the most. And it's like, I'm going through all my patients. I'm like, I see a lot of trail shoulder issues, which yeah, is, yeah. You know, again, you wouldn't think, but does have its you know, importance. Well, maybe it's an opportunity for you to maybe kind of do some work on that then, right? Maybe you should kind yeah. of create, create the market of, hey, these are some things that we're seeing and you know, maybe develop some case studies or stuff like that. And, kind of put it out there for people to, to kind of digest. Because I think, again, if you see something and it all of a sudden becomes more prevalent or more consistent across different populations, then I think that's something that, that at least clinicians or coaches need to be mindful of so that when you're identifying or analyzing swings or assessing movement, we're not missing that either. Right. Because, you know, people might look, okay, lead side is really where, if you read a lot of the literature, that's where you, you in theory should look. And I think in a, in a very specific focused vision that would make sense with golf, but the golfers that we treat are not professionals right. and they're just playing golf all day. 
So there's in potential for injury literally everywhere else. Because <laughs> the amount that they're playing golf is, is such a small chunk of the time right. that, okay, let's take a righty and their trail shoulder is injured. Well, that's their right shoulder. That's their dominant arm. Right. So yeah, they're, they're probably using that a lot more if they go play tennis, right? They're, that could be something. So I think just treating people as a whole, it's, it's also important to step back and say, hey, I know what literature tells me I should see, but not always true. And I think too, like when you do that, you have a tendency to become, you kind of put your horse blinders on, right? And then you kind of focus specifically just on one spot. And then you kind of miss, like you talked about that 30,000 square foot kind of big view of the person as a whole. And that ultimately there's a lot of other factors that go into whatever's going on, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And as far as other things, I do see a lot of uh, leak knee issues, yep. whether arthritis or some form of meniscal tear. Yep. That's, that's pretty much the bulk. Cool. And, I mean, low back pain. Let, let's not forget. <laughs> right. right. I mean, again, listen, we, we can talk about all, we can talk about low back pain all day long, right? I mean, until the cows come home, but you know, it's always good to kind of get some different perspective on, Hey, what are some other things that maybe don't get a lot of attention, but ultimately can impact slot angle, positioning, getting into certain areas that allows the body to be more efficient with the golf swing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to try to recall my, my anatomy class about eight years ago. I think it's 17 muscles that attach to the scapula, to the shoulder blade. Sounds right. That's a lot of things going on there, right? So if you don't have the shoulder blade moving in the proper form, if you've got some tightness somewhere, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of things that can go wrong. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, you know, maybe kind of to piggyback on that, maybe what's another thing that you see, and it doesn't have to be from a physical standpoint, maybe what's something that you've seen over your experience with working with golfers that golfers struggle with most, right? Obviously we talk about injuries, but you know, what is something that you see most? One of the biggest things is that I see is posture. Um, so I'm a big advocate that if you don't start in a good athletic position, you'll never be able to, or not never, uh, but it'll be significantly tougher, exponentially tougher for you to get into the subsequent positions, whether the top through impact. So a lot of people, and this kind of ties into low back pain, have that, what we call lower cross syndrome, where you're sitting all day, your hip flexors start to get tight. So then your pelvis starts to kind of move into uh, an anterior tilt, as we'd say, or kind of tilts, think of your belt buckle tilting more to the ground rather than up and into the horizon. And so they they set up with kind of like an S posture. They they tend to suffer from um, flat back syndrome. Right, right. Amnesia now is kind of the, what's being termed, but setting them up into a, in a, a more neutral position is probably one of the biggest things I do and I do it initially you know because yeah uh, myself and the pro I work with we both agree that you know if you're trying to get into other positions but you can't satisfy position a good luck yeah and and I think you're right too I mean posture when it comes to golf you know again posture is very dynamic and there's a lot of different you know 
theories as to, you know, is what's bad posture, what's good posture. And again, we're not going to get into that for maybe another episode. But I think when it comes to golf posture and being able to maintain golf posture throughout the backswing and on downswing and on impact, like that is so crucial. Like you said, if you can't own certain positions from the start, right, then it's going to be really, really hard for you to get into other positions when you start to kind of take away the, the club as you're going into your backswing and so on and so forth. I mean, you yeah. know. You know, the yeah, S part, right. like you talk, yeah. overextended or maybe even overflexed, you know, the ability to kind of move in and out of these postures to become even more important. A hundred percent. And uh, one thing you and your listeners can do even just right now, just sit, you can sit or stand, doesn't matter, but just kind of hunch over, right? Just like you have really, really bad posture, try to raise one arm up as high as you can. You notice it doesn't really feel that good, right? And, and you can't really go that far, but you bring those shoulder blades down and back. And then you try to raise up. It's like, oh my god! I, it's, I just, <laughs> right. it's a new world. Older range of motion. Right. And it doesn't hurt. I'm a miracle worker. <laughs> but your pelvis and your hips are, are very similar biomechanically. So if you're in that arched position, what I found is people already lack that full hip motion. So instead of let's say 35 degrees of hip internal rotation on that lead leg to get into impact, yeah. Let's say your max is 20, just, just throwing numbers out there, right? And if you're in that arch position, now it's 15 before you start to put pressure on the, the femur on the acetabulum. You know, like that hip joint starts to, to go bone on bone. Right. You're not going to push to that point, so now you're going to only get 10 degrees, right? So yeah. now if you can neutralize it out, that's going to essentially do the same thing as bring those shoulder blades down and back. And let you utilize at least the limited motion that you already have. Yeah. So just for listeners who are maybe listening to the podcast and not seeing video. So when we talk about lead hip internal rotation, if you use your belt buckle as reference, right on your downswing, when your belt buckle is coming towards your lead hip, that's what we call internal rotation. And that's where a lot of people struggle with the ability to kind of turn on the golf ball to get square to the target. And if golfers aren't able to access some of that range of motion in the hip, it's got to come from somewhere. So it's either going to come from either the knee or it's going to come from the low back. And that's usually what we kind of see. And that's why we want to kind of give you some reference there. Yeah. And a lot of times people come in and they're like, oh, my back hurts. It's like, okay, that's great. Your back is flared up, but your back, the real why is not your back. Your back is fine. Yeah. There is a pathology with it right now. The reason is, let's say your hip doesn't rotate. Right. right? And it'd be no different than like, you, me, and my fiance trying to carry bags of ice across town. And after, we have to carry hundreds of them. And after the first one, I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm good. I, I, I got to do something else. And, <laughs> you know, after, after the, the, the third one, she's like, ah, I'm good too. Yeah. But at the end of the day, who's going to be angry? Who's going to be kind of sore and, and hurting? Yeah. Right. What's the thing? If you, if you don't, have the ability to kind of move into certain positions, you make that tissue potentially more sensitive to that over time. So you think about playing 18 holes, 36 holes, and you're doing it multiple times per week. At some point in time, the body says, hey, maybe we need to kind of back off a little bit. Or if we're maybe not even recovering well, then that even brings on a, a whole other slew of issues that you want to address there. So again, I think that's well said. Posture, again, in the golf realm becomes so important to one, maintain, but also to move in and out of as you go through the swing. Yeah, that's the hardest part is just to maintain your spine angles to, right. to you know, because you see the early extension stuff. Yeah. And that's 
people look at some of the drills and they're like, oh yeah, that, that can't be that hard. And it's like, it's very challenging to maintain those angles throughout the swing. So let's do this. Let's transition to uh, our segments called What's in the Bag, right? So a lot of golf enthusiasts, they always love to kind of hear the specs about what golfers are using in their bag. So let's uh, maybe tell the audience what the golf DPT is swinging nowadays. Yeah, so I pulled up an email. I actually, last year, went out to, to TPI and got fit. I, I'm nice. titling all the way. I, uh, I played them since I was in high school. First sets of 690 CBs. Nice. Ever since. So <laughs> I got a full bag fitting. It was a great experience. Playing a uh, eight and a half degree TS2 driver. Ooh, eight and a half. 15 degree TS3, three wood. Nice. 21 degree H1818 hybrid. I've got the AP2s. Nice. And SM7s. And I've got a beautiful Scotty Cameron Newport 2.0. Oh, that's, that's a beauty right there. You know what? I got it for myself after I graduated from PT school. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I had been given a Scotty because uh, I was caddying in I think high school or college. And I was caddying for like a 25 handicap. And it was a pure blade. Oh. And you know, I, was, I was like a four handicap at the time. He's like, here, look, you, you, you have this. I'll even just give it to you on top of your caddy piece. He's like, just take it. And I, I wanted a, a Scotty Cameron, and that was the first purchase after PT school of, you're a big boy, you're making, you're actually making more than minimum wage. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, great investment too. I like the, the carbon, the carbon look to that. It's, it's, it's solid. It, it's a very nice, it's the all black one. I love it. Nice. So let's do this. Let's tra- transition to our shotgun round. So, this is where we ask you a number of different golf-related questions, and you do your best to answer as quickly as possible without much thought. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's start with the first question. Favorite golfer? Oof. My knee jerk is DJ. I mean, you can't go wrong with DJ. I, you know what? I have a lot of respect for him back in 2010, how he handled whistling straights. Yeah, and I'm a little jealous that he. I think he just plays with like no thought and reckless abandonment. So like I <laughs> I I overanalyze everything. So I'm very envious of that. Right. Yeah, when you look at him play, it just seems like it comes off pretty natural and pretty easy for him. Yeah. Or right, how about favorite golf brand? Ooh, clubs where he's a hit Titleist. If we're going shirts, uh, Peter Millar, and I'm really Ooh. into uh, Bonobos pants and shorts. Tell me about that. Bonobos, they, you know, one of my favorite things is on stupid. They've got that little liner going across the bottom so your shirt doesn't pull out. I've heard about it. It's nice. <laughs> um, I like it. I've, they've got some fun colors. I just picked up some a, a pair of pink. I think I have a mint. I like a little bit of color in my wardrobe. Yeah, for sure. Why not, man? Um, might, as well, might as well look the part if you're going to go out and play, right? Exactly. And that's what most of my patients always, when I was in the clinics, they always laughed at me. My patients and my coworkers are like, you look like you're getting ready to go play golf. Like, that's for the job you want. That's right. I'm actually going to actually when when I leave here. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, you're going to be up. I got a tea time in 20 that's minutes. That's right. So, uh, so we probably should uh, shorten this up a little bit so I can get out to my tea time. Yeah, your manual gets cut today. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. We actually don't do that. I would never do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about preferred drink or snack while you're playing? Ooh, alcoholic or non? I'll leave that up to you. All right, non is water. Alcoholic going John Daly. Ooh, nice. Nice. Uh, and then probably snack is going to be like an RX bar or something. I love protein bars and those don't melt. 
Yeah, those are those are solid to have on the golf course. They do stick to your teeth. I hate that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> They're pretty sticky. That's for sure. All right, how about par three or par five? Five. Be aggressive. Go for it in two. That's my thought process as well. <laughs> uh, car- like a seventy-yard par three where it's like, okay, I can really go after. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Carton or walk? Uh, walk all day. I love walking. It's my favorite. How about uh, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? I'm an old soul, Caddyshack. Nice. Uh, what about favorite golf memory for you? Ooh, probably the only tournament I've ever won. Junior uh, it was a junior club championship at my club when I was growing up. I was playing against my best friend, who probably beat me eight times out of ten. You mind if I tell a quick story? Go right ahead, man. So we're tied, and he's beaten me most of the summer. We get to the 16th hole, and I blade a wedge over, make double. He makes par. We step up to 17, which is a great par three, uphill. And there's out of bounds right with trees, and there's a steep hill with just if you hit it down on the left, you're, you're not finding it. <laughs> um, he shanks it into the woods. I put it on the green, made a stupid two-putt from one. I mean, like, like 60 feet. Oh. Up it like it was. I probably should have three or four putted it. Two putted <laughs> it. 18 tied. It was a very short par four. I hit it to like 110 yards. Stick a gap wedge to about 18 inches. He stuck it to, he put it to like 15, missed the putt. I made it to, I think, shoot 77 and, and win. That's so, awesome. That's a, that's a great memory, man. Yeah. That was, Listen, it was, it was, <laughs> I mean, oh, my brother was supposed to be caddying for me. He shows up on the 18th hole. <laughs> so as I'm what did I miss? <laughs> as I'm walking down the 18th fairway, everyone's like, oh, that's so great. His brother decided to join. It's like, yeah, for the last hole. <laughs> All right, so last question. What's, uh, who's someone you'd recommend we reach out to be a guest on the show? Ooh. We talking medical, fitness? Anyone you think would be a really a, a good value for obviously our listeners? Um, let's go. I like Ben Myers. He's a PT out in Michigan. Very smart guy. He geeks out a lot on the blue light. Um, something I don't know much about. He's very, very knowledgeable, very smart. Definitely awesome. someone worth looking into. He's big into biomechanics, SFMA, all that stuff too. Nice. I'm going to have to take a look and reach out. Yeah. All right. So Kev, any final words of wisdom with regards to improving performance, obviously while not sacrificing health to do so? Yeah, uh, we're, we're typically in a quarantine period, right? And so a lot of people don't have access to heavy weights. Use this time to, and really any time, to, to focus on your quality of movement. A lot of people try to load too quick. So, you know, like if, just make sure that you, you're moving well, moving properly before you add load because everything's, you know, you're just asking for injury otherwise. And uh, just stick with it. Anything is better than nothing, cumulative. Cumulative changes make a big change. That's like small incremental changes. Well yeah, well said. Again, you're like you're right. You, like you said, I think doing something other than the alternative, which is don't do anything and then go play golf. Um, I think that's the important part is the consistency around that. Yeah. All right. So for those who maybe want to learn more about you and your business, uh, what are some ways that people can reach out to you and contact you? So I'm very active on Instagram at the Golf DPT. So that's the golf DPT, uh, as in doctor of physical therapy, posting there as much as I can during a regular week, 
maybe three or four times a week. Now it's pretty much every day. Right. <laughs> My website's thegolfdpt.com. I'm somewhat active on Facebook, but mostly Facebook just gets everything from Instagram. So sure. Uh, pretty much my website or, or Instagram is probably your best, uh, best bet. And, you know, if you have any questions for me, if you want to reach out, DM me, comment on anything, I'm, I'm happy to, to talk shop. Awesome. What we'll do is we'll put uh, Kevin's contact information in our show notes so that if you want to reach out to him, you guys can do so. Well, Kev, listen, thanks so much for you know, joining us on the podcast, man. It was really a pleasure to kind of hear some of your story as to, you know, how you got into golf and, you know, what you're doing. And it sounds like you're doing great things with uh, the community that you've got going on down in uh, downstate New York and the Jersey area, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. and Maybe we can do it again sometime. Absolutely, man. These are always conversations I love having. So, guys, if you, uh, if you want more information on Kevin, check out the show notes. Um, and, again, thanks for, so much for listening to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of this show, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes review to help us grow and expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to this show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't been resolved, or you're not exactly sure where to turn, then let us know how we can help. Whether you are local or not, you can work directly with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which is completely virtual and online. This program is customized to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We would assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do. And then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for you. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to our program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf. Again, mana is spelled M-A-N-A. So it's manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode and we'll catch you then.